section twenty five of history of henry the fourth king of france and navarre by john stevens cabot abbott this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by pamela nagami chapter nine the assassination of the duke of guise and of henry the third part three while these scenes were transpiring in the vicinity of dieppe almost every part of france was scathed and cursed by hateful war every province city village had its partisans for the league or for the king beautiful france was a volcano in the world of woe in whose seething crater flames and blood and slaughter the yell of conflict and the shriek of agony blended in horrors which no imagination can compass there was an end to every earthly joy cities were bombarded fields of grain trampled in the mire villages burned famine rioted over its ghastly victims hospitals were filled with miserable multitudes mutilated and with festering wounds longing for death not a ray of light pierced the gloom of this dark black night of crime and woe and yet undeniably the responsibility before god must rest with the league henry the fourth was the lawful king of france the catholics had risen in arms to resist his rights because they feared that he would grant liberty of faith and worship to the protestants the league adopted the most dishonourable and criminal means to alienate from henry the affections of the people they forged letters in which the king atrociously expressed joy at the murder of henry the third and declared his determination by dissimulation and fraud to root out catholicism entirely from france no efforts of artifice were wanting to render the monarch odious to the catholic populace though the duke of mayenne occasionally referred to the old cardinal of bourbon as the king whom he acknowledged he with the characteristic haughtiness of the family of guise assumed himself the heir and the language of a sovereign it was very evident that he intended to place himself upon the throne henry the fourth with the money furnished by elizabeth was now able to pay his soldiers their arrears his army steadily increased and he soon marched with twenty-three thousand troops and fourteen pieces of artillery to lay siege to paris his army had unbounded confidence in his military skill with enthusiastic acclamations they pursued the retreating insurgents henry was now on the offensive and his troops were posted for the siege of paris having driven the foe within its walls after one sanguinary assault the king became convinced that he had not with him sufficient force to carry the city the duke of mayenne stood firmly behind the entrenchments of the capital with an army much strengthened by reinforcements of spanish and italian troops henry accordingly raised the siege and marched rapidly to etampes some forty miles south of paris where a large part of his foes had established themselves he suddenly attacked the town and carried it by assault the unhappy inhabitants of this city had in the course of four months experienced the horrors of three assaults the city in that short period had been taken and retaken three times while at etampes henry received a letter from the beautiful but disconsolate louisa of lorraine the widow of henry the third imploring him to avenge the murder of her husband the letter was so affecting that when it was read in the king's council it moved all the members to tears many of the citizens of paris weary of the miseries of civil war 
were now disposed to rally around their lawful monarch as the only mode of averting the horrible calamities which overwhelmed france the duke of mayenne rigorously arrested all who were suspected of such designs and four of the most prominent of the citizens were condemned to death henry immediately sent a message to the duke that if the sentence were carried into effect he would retaliate by putting to death some of the catholic nobles whom he had in his power mayenne defiantly executed two royalists henry immediately suspended upon a gibbet two unfortunate leaguers who were his captives this decisive reprisal accomplished its purpose and compelled mayenne to be more merciful with great energy henry now advanced to tours about one hundred and twenty miles south of paris on the banks of the loire taking every town by the way and sweeping all opposition before him he seldom slept more than three hours at a time and seized his meals where he could it takes mayenne said henry proudly more time to put on his boots than it does me to win a battle henry remarked pope sextus v sadly will surely in the end gain the day for he spends less hours in bed than mayenne spends at the table though the armies of the league were still superior to the royalist army victory everywhere followed the banner of the king every day there was more and more of union and harmony in his ranks and more and more of discord in the armies of the league there were various aspirants for the throne in case henry the fourth could be driven from the kingdom and all these aspirants had their partisans the more reasonable portion of the catholic party soon saw that there could be no end to civil war unless the rights of henry the fourth were maintained each day consequently witnessed accessions of powerful nobles to his side the great mass of people also notwithstanding their hatred of protestantism and devotion to the catholic church found it difficult to break away from their homage to the ancient law of succession it was now manifest to all that if henry would but proclaim himself a catholic the war would almost instantly terminate and the people with almost entire unanimity would rally around him henry the fourth was a lawful monarch endeavouring to put down insurrection mayenne was a rebel contending against his king the pope was so unwilling to see a protestant sovereign enthroned in france that he issued a bull of excommunication against all who should advocate the cause of henry the fourth many of the royalist catholics however instead of yielding to these thunders of the vatican sent a humble apology to the pope for their adherence to the king and still sustained his cause henry now moved on with the strides of a conqueror and city after city fell into his hands wherever he entered a city the ever vacillating multitude welcomed him with acclamations regardless of the storms of winter henry dragged his heavy artillery through the mire and over the frozen ruts and before the close of the year fifteen eighty nine his banner waved over fifteen fortified cities and over very many minor towns the forces of the league were entirely swept from three of the provinces of france still paris was in the hands of the duke of mayenne and a large part of the kingdom was yet held in subjection by the forces of the league at one time in the face of a fierce cannonade 
henry mounted the tower of a church at mulon to ascertain the position of the enemy as he was ascending a cannon-ball passed between his legs in returning the stairs were found so shot away that he was compelled to let himself down by a rope all the winter long the storm of battle raged in every part of france and among all the millions of the ill-fated realm there could not then perhaps have been found one single prosperous and happy home end of section twenty five